Hi, I'm John Stevens. This is Matt Russell. And this is Pod Have Mercy. This is Pod Have Mercy. Every time I start the podcast with, well, hey, man. Hey, John. <laughs> How have you been? <laughs> it's like that's our standard opening. Saturday Night Live podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, how are uh, things in good, the good, Russell John. household? Uh, I hope perfect. we're good. Perfect. Good. Just good. Perfect. That's I'm good. a perfect father, a perfect good. husband, that's John. That's good. Good. So just, good. Just walking in victory. How are you doing, really? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm good, I, I think. Um I think coming kind of post Christmas and New Year's, it's um, it's good to kind of get underway and um, yeah, things are good. Well, I hope you had a great New Year's. Did how, Co- how a COVID New Year's? Yeah, it was a very COVID New Year's. We just we hunkered down and we we're with each other, and we're starting a second season, aren't we? I mean, this is. Part two. COVID part two. COVID, COVID part, part two. two. COVID 2021. You're on the mic too, aren't you? I am. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> COVID part two. How are you doing? Well, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because we, we took a, a long break after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and we jumped right back in. But instead of like catching up, we went straight to Mark Boom. Right. Which was probably the right move. I think yeah. that's the baller move. It is. And he's amazing. Yes. I mean. But we didn't get to like debrief about just holidays and. Just life. Just life. Yeah. You know, I, I was really glad that 2020 left and 2021 came. I'm so ready for 2020 to be over. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, on a diet, you know, life change, exercising. And I was uh, I'm entered into a dry January which was really good to me. That lasted until the 5th, or the, about the night of the 5th. <laughs> it's like what Mark Boom said yeah. about John. Why would I do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, January uh, January 6th, I decided that dry January was not going yeah, to be a thing yeah. in 2021. It's like, what that's, what's that meme when 2020 says, do you see what I did? And 2021 goes, hold my beer. <laughs> We're not even five days in, dude. And I'm going to show you how I can mess stuff up. I mean, you talk about bad. Right. So, great. I mean, you know, if, if you didn't think things could get more divided and more yeah. controversial yeah, yeah, yeah. and more on edge, yeah. people are scared. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we're seeing kind of things come to, uh, you know, the surface at a bullying point that um, – that really it requires something else from us really requires, I think the things you're talking about in the sermons and the way that the church is called to stand in the midst of this world and call us to a different way of reacting and acting is mm-hmm. really important. This, like, like this is like, this is real stuff now, right? Yeah. This is like our spirituality is either going to work for us or we, you know, or it's not. It, we were talking earlier about, how we tend to separate so many things like there's these social things and then there's our faith things right right? and christians are in this world and maybe we maybe it's our own fault because i'm 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 very careful that from the pulpit that you don't engage in partisan politics Mm -hmm. because it's only a one-way conversation right right it's not fair 
Um, now, issues around justice or racism or, or things that are just, we know, are like violence. Yeah. Right? That was easy. So <laughs> last week, I can stand up and say we condemn violence in whatever forms that form. they present themselves, whether it's in the Capitol or whether it's in the streets of Michigan uh, for Black Lives Matter protest or whether it's Capitol protesters election. Violence is to be condemned, period. I don't think we have to debate that. I mean, maybe we do. Maybe, but I don't for me. Um, no. And as I look at the way of Jesus, that's something that every single person should be able to condemn when we say, what are our baptismal vows? You know, that I renounce the forces of wickedness, resist the evil powers at work in the world and repent of my sin. We have to be able to name the wickedness yes. and the evil. Yeah. And I think Christians can say racism is a sin. Violence to solve a problem is a sin, especially unprovoked. Right. Now, there's a difference between you defending yourself, yes, right? Um, but this sort of thing to is just it's a travesty, and yeah. it and it scares people. A guy walked out of church Sunday, and he was somewhat in tears, and he's just. I said, "Are you okay?" Because I'm just I'm afraid. Yeah, there's a guy who lives in Houston, Texas. Yeah, he's he's not out there. He's just afraid. He's afraid yeah. for his own safety and for yeah. the country. Yeah, that broke my heart. I think that's really important to um, to really at least acknowledge and to attend to the fact that most every single one of us is sitting on reservoirs of fear right now. Um, and and I don't know what it means then for the core message of the gospel over and over and over and over to speak into that kind of utter chaos and say, fear not, mm. right? That that's, um, that's something that Jesus says even into the days that we're in. So how do we move um, as if fear does not have the final say, but this deep sense of fidelity to, um, to the way that God operates within the world? You know, um, so this coming Sunday, I'm going to preach... Uh, we're, we're in our stewardship of gift season. By the way, turn in your estimate of giving card if you that's haven't right. done that yet. Um, and this John chapter 12 passage is fascinating to me because mm. Jesus tells this story of, uh, of unless a grain of wheat is buried into the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it's buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is destroys that life. But if you let it go, Reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. If anyone wants to serve me, then follow me. Then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at a moment's notice. The Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. You, I don't know if you know this, but I used to watch the old Discovery Channel National Geographic. My wife used to call me Discovery Channel Man because I was filled with useless <laughs> you know, information. But I remember when they like opened up these pyramids and they would pull out these sarcophagi, right? Like three, 4,000 years old. They found seeds. Yes. Hmm. Three to 4,000 year old seeds. But they were still just seeds. They'd never been planted, never germinated. They never had done anything beyond that. And it's uh, like we were, we were talking about. Did they plant them? Could they plant them? Uh, got me got oh, now, now you're, now you're now asking a, a question that's that outside now. of my... Now, outside of the Discovery <laughs> Channel's purview. <laughs> yeah. No, now you're, now you're asking me a question I don't know the answer to. I don't like not knowing the answers to that's questions. That's so interesting. That is interesting. 
No, but it's archaeologists find these seeds, sometimes old as three or 4,000 years old in these tombs, and the seed is still lifeless because they were never planted in the soil. Mm. They never died the death necessary to bear fruit and be productive. And it's interesting when you look at this passage is that the whole world is coming to Jesus. The Pharisees even, right before this, they said, look how the world is drawn to him. And then in the beginning of that passage, these Greeks are coming into town. Right, and right. they're like, where's Jesus? We saw Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So it just bears like, hey, they're right. They have a reason to be afraid. You would think now, if this were me, <laughs> and like I'm just now hitting my Taylor Swift fame and fortune moment, right? Now the whole world is hey, coming hang, hang to on me. Hang on a second. Let me, let me just get you. No, not Taylor Swift. that moment. image. Yeah, exactly. There you is Taylor Swift. Shake it off. And there Shake it, it is. There's Okay, go ahead, John. There it is. So I'm thinking if I'm ascending, right, and all of a sudden now I've got worldwide stature, the last thing I'm going to do is think about um, talking in terms of... Death. Yeah. Giving up. The context go. of the whole world coming to him, and now his response in this pivotal hour is not to consolidate control, not to aggregate the power, not to, ex not to grab and and collect and it's, it's to give away yeah this is your best life now moment jesus don't fumble fumble this right and then he is like what's the answer you must die to self he takes <laughs> he takes the posture of diminishment yeah i must become less, less. so that right. so that you might become more and that's i find that fascinating because that is not no how I would have responded. No, I, I or he, like I think that's why like the spiritual is so helpful to our own human nature because human nature says I don't have to die. I, I can create a bypass. You know, I can somehow get around this. And Jesus, it seems as if suffering is not antithetical to the purposes of God of divine. Well, presence. you don't have to die. Don't you remember what was yeah. the guy, the baseball player, where they cut his head off and put it in the freezing frozen chamber? Huh? Ted Williams. Okay, Mickey Mantle. I don't, I don't see know. where you're going with this, but keep going, John. No, um, I'm just saying, when you're talking about people oh, don't want to die. Yeah, you don't they want to cryogenically so, freeze Yeah, themselves. so if I freeze my head someday, like, they can bring me back. Is that the equivalent of burying seed in a sarcophagus, the modern-day uh, version? <laughs> no, oh, no. It's like, it's like any metaphor. If you push it too hard, it starts to collapse. It just gets absurd. It collapses on itself. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff, for yeah. pushing it. That's why it's always to the great. Collapse. It's always great when you use metaphors with very literal people. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, Wait a minute. Well, what happens if so and so? Yeah. I was like, all right, dude, you're messing the whole thing up. It's supposed to be like a fun little illustration. It's like, geez. But there is, I love that, what you're, at least what I hear you saying, is there's that here Jesus kind of comes and says, you want to know the, the nature of reality is that death and um, and it being and you being placed in the ground and and another process taking place is part of it. Yeah, you can't be free. You won't you won't live into your God intended purposes if you don't endure this. If you don't go through this. Um, so I, I think so. This um, earlier today in our staff meeting mm -hmm. and development, I was talking about how anytime you become the, the center of, of things around which all other things orbit, when you make yourself the primary uh, reality of things, um, 
rather than the reality becoming the primary reality. You basically are just like entering into this space of mediocrity. You think you're entering into the space of greatness, but you're really not. Um, And this is one of the reasons why the, the studies have shown that very charismatic leaders have to be really careful yeah. because sometimes they're not as successful as less charismatic leaders because everything has to be about them. them. Or sometimes people are too afraid to bring the truth to them. That's right, right, right. They won't tell them the truth. Yeah. We, there, there's a principle in AA that says um, principles over personalities, hmm. right? That we understand that our personalities can get in the way. It can, it can lead us down roads that aren't helpful. So we put the principles above personality. Um, and I, I think that's right. Yeah, so Winston Churchill, very charismatic leader, right? Yeah. He formed, during World War II, this group, this office called the Statistical Office. And it was separate. It was not under any other agency of the government. It only answered directly to him. Okay. And he put the certain kind of people on there that would give him the brutal, honest facts. Because he always had this sense of hope. You know, he said, yeah. you know, we're going to make it, we're going to make it, we're going to make it stand strong. But he knew that people wouldn't be honest with him. He wow. knew that, that their people were going to just come tell him what he wanted to hear. And he knew that he had to sort of have a sense of, of, of honest, brutal facts in order to be successful. Wow. I think um, what we find in, in the world today is, uh, I don't know that we, we really want the honest facts. I don't even know that we know what facts are anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I mean, I can't, like, I was in conversation the other day. So, you know, there was election. There's all this talk about fraud and there's this. And, you know, man, it's been very controversial. All right. People just, if, if they, if people think it was fraud, there is nothing you can tell them that convince. And if you even introduce a different point of view, they get mad at you. They cut you off. And same on the other side. Um, and, you know, I, I know Georgia was big in the news, a, a part of this yeah. from there. Um, I don't know a couple of these players like one-on-one first name basis, but I know people who know them well, right? Uh, the guy who was running for Senate on the Republican side was a member of my church. Okay. Um, you, hmm. So I, I say, I, I know who these people are, right? And they're honest people. They, they were... Republican people, they lost the vote, they lost the election, their, their team lost. Uh, but man, all of a sudden now, it's like nothing they say is truthful. It doesn't matter what the facts are. And I wonder how, how, can, we, how can we get to a place or a space where we can not only uh, be able to share truth, but hear truth? Because what makes me nervous yeah. is that if we are headed to a place, I think we're already there, but if we're headed to a place where there is no truth, what does that mean for the gospel? Because, yep. you know, part of what we do in this podcast is think, what does the church look like in, in the, the world that we live in in the future yeah. is it, it, this new realm? Right. Well, if we now live in a culture that discards truth, facts or whatever I believe, and I don't need any proof, I don't need to have that vetted out in a court of law, or right. produced in any other way other than I put it on social media, therefore it is. Right. I think, therefore I am. I post, therefore it is. The, yeah. That's the new Descartes. Yeah. It's Russell. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> I don't want to be known for that. Russell. <laughs> but it, it does seem that, um, that 
that is a real issue, right? Um, that if if it's all just up for grabs, right? So I think like part of our Wesleyan heritage says, and 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 again, kind of part of the uh, my own experience in in the program uh, of recovery says that it's our experience, strength, and hope is the only thing I can share, right? Ooh. So I can share with you my experience. You can share with me your experience, and hopefully the connector around that is, as you've said a couple of weeks ago, is empathy. Uh, something I've been really thinking through a lot in the last few months is this idea of curiosity. And you kind of let those two things dance together, empathy and curiosity. You might have a way forward, right? And then, because um, then I can ask you about your experience. Tell me more about that. Hmm. You know, I can, it, it's, I mean, it's the Ted lasso <clears throat> of, you know, it's like the not being judgmental, but being curious. Well, and so if, you, if, if, if we wanted to have a conversation and just say diagnose, how did we end up yeah. where we are? There's hundreds of reasons, but one of them has to do with how we interact with truth, how we listen to truth yes. and receive truth and how we share truth. Well, there's a couple mm. things that just three things that I shared, and this is actually not from me necessarily. This is actually from a guy named Jim Collins. Yeah. Good yeah, to great. Good to great. There's a, when he talks about mm -hmm. making this transformational shift, mm -hmm. the first thing you have to do is confront the brutal facts. You have to be honest, uh, right? Okay. And so leaders and, and individuals who are unable to confront the brutal facts are unable to in, engage in transformational or transitional shifts in their life. Yes. Right? And so he said, the first thing you do is you lead with questions, not answers. This to me is like, this is dialogue. This is like, uh, everybody leads with answers. No one leads with questions huh. anymore. It has been my experience. Yeah. Um, use questions to gain understanding, not as manipulation or blame or put down. I always love it when I see people's comment section on Facebook. I've always said, you know, that's where the devil lives is in the comment section on social media. <laughs> Actually, that's true, right? It, the it actual is true. embodiment. It's totally true. If you want to see evil and the satanic forces the comment section <laughs> of social media accounts. <laughs> but I always think it's funny when people like their smart aleck snarkiness, they ask questions. So what do you think about this so what do you think about this person so uh, well, well what about this and this and this is like you're not really asking a question yeah. to gain any understanding yeah. you're asking a question to shame you're asking a question to manipulate you're asking a question to put down you're asking a question to coerce right you're not asking a question for a question's sake yeah so i'm like don't ask that you know don't be a smart butt and do that mm -hmm. just say what you want to say if you're going to use questions i think how do we help gain understanding. How do you go sit down with somebody who has a different point of view than you have and say, help me understand your point of view, not with your mind made up that they're wrong, not with your mind, not anything to right. really learn. Yes. I want to understand. Yes. We went through this last year uh, on the podcast of bringing people in like Christian Washington or Cleve Tinsley or other voices to say, look, I don't understand your experience as, as a black man. Right. especially in light of what's going on in this country. And I never will, even if you explain it to me, but I can at least listen and you can help me understand why it's so important for people to march, why it's so important for people to protest, why is it so yes. important for people to kneel or, or do these things. Right. It, it, because I don't have that experience. I don't understand. Now, I can go straight to condemnation. That's the easy route. And that's when you're talking about there's no curiosity. There's no growth. There's no transformation yes. if you're not willing to hear the truth from 
their experience. That's right. Or to just discount it. Mm. That's right. That's right. And, and some of those questions in um, begin to dislodge us from the way that we think the world is, because the way the world is provides me with a lot of security. And if you bring other information and says, well, have you thought about this? Thinking about, about that may just dis- be disruptive, right? And I cannot be disruptive um, if I'm not in a safe space. I can't grow. Does that make sense? So if these relationships that you're talking about to say they really need to start with question, they need to start with empathy, they need to start with a kind of a relational container where it's like we can ask these things. Then when I'm disrupted, I, can, I might be able to say, oh, I never thought of it that way. I never saw that. Then I'm not as um, likely to constrict back in these old ways of thinking or these formal ways of thinking that provide a lot of security for me. Mm. You know, and if it is true that we're sitting on a lot of fear right now in our culture, then we need to have these kinds of safe spaces that you're talking about to be disrupted. Well, then he also says the second one of the three is engage in dialogue, not debate or a dialogue and debate, not coercion. He said, people who are led by love refuse to begin with the answer for how to get somewhere. Yeah. They play the role of moderator in a series of dialogues that lead through. I always loved, and I don't remember where I got it from. It was in one of the organizational books, leadership books, about the difference between dialogue and discussion. And if you take the root of the words, dialogos means the, the, the word passing through. So the word, when, you, when we have a dialogue and I speak, the words pass through you. It means you receive them, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas the word discussion, the root is, uh, cushion means to uh, <laughs> shake. Dis is, means to break apart. So when you think about percussion, or right, concussion. a drum or a concussion, <laughs> you are shaking the brain with shaking. Right, concussion, and a lot of this discussion shaking. Literally, in the Latin means with shaking. Uh. Right, so a concussion of the brain yeah. or a concussion of the heart. So, and that and that's just like this is what I'm doing when I'm having a discussion. Discussion. Right? There's no yeah. dialogue there. That's why I think social media is not a great place for dialogue. No. And I always tell people if you have a very difficult message to communicate with someone, conflict to be dealt with, hard yeah. message to receive, don't do it by email. No, no, no. Don't right. do it by social media. Yeah. Don't do it by you know, pick up the phone and call someone. Go yeah. sit down and have coffee. Well, you can't do coffee now, but I mean, you could. You, you can social distance in six feet and do that, right? Yes. Yeah. That's. Th- there seems to be something poetic about that, John. Because the dialogo seems almost like this dance, this, this, this almost a song that happens between people. It's the thing that you hope happens. That there's this like deep connection. That something deeper is going on besides the word. Besides the words, with discussion, the way that you're defining that, it seems like I'm trying to jam mm-hmm. words down your throat. <laughs> Where in the dialogos, there seems like it's it's about it's about getting you, it's about being received and receiving, and then there may be something deeper that we can move towards. Yeah, and then the last one is um, the the ability to get to truth. Right, all three of these are about hearing, sharing, and hearing and receiving truth, right? Mm-hmm. The third one is conducting autopsies without blame. That means in any situation that you have, whether it's a mistake you made or an interaction that went sideways or, or whatever it is during the day, there's a, um, a spiritual discipline of, of contemplating your action for the day. Yeah, kind right? of like the examine. The examine. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the fancy word. You always have the fancy words. <laughs> the, 
you know, the examine at the morning examine and the, you know, yeah. the, the evening examine where you're thinking about what went on today. Yeah. Uh, it, that to me is the conducting of an autopsy on the day. And so we got to be mm. able as a Christ follower and you got to be able to admit mistakes when you're wrong instead mm. of hiding them. Um, for us, we know like you go the Catholic church. We don't do this, but have confessional. To be able to articulate yeah. my wrongdoing to someone and for someone to say to me on behalf of God, right? You are forgiven. You're forgiven. It's powerful. Yeah. It's like massively powerful. That, that, and I hear you saying that's the direct result of kind of doing these inventories, of taking stock of our day, mm-hmm. of how we acted, interacted, reacted, and then putting that, like, you know, in the, in the light of God's presence saying, Oh, I, I could have done that differently because that's uh, that's leading me away from my intended purpose, from freedom, from these kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and you're never going to be able to hear truth um, if you feel like you always have to assign blame. <laughs> and hey, that has not worked in my marriage. I'm just saying, John. I don't know about <laughs> yours, but I just said that signing blame. <laughs> Yeah. It's not been a real intimacy. And this is, uh, you know, this is Stoker. This is, this is one of the breakdowns for me. It's one of the breakdowns in our culture and our yeah. society, especially yeah. in politics. That's right. And around political uh, issues. Because, you know, okay, um, first thing I hear from people when we see this capital insurrection, whatever you call it, a coup, I mean, they're yeah. disrupting the constitutional process of this, you know, first branch of the government, the yeah. legislative branch, right? So there, you probably can find really hard words to describe that. History will name that. Yes. But I, I heard people, the first thing they wanted to do was point to last summer. Well, what about those looters? Right. I mean, really. And I was yeah. like, can we, like, acknowledge this? Yeah, we. that's wrong, too. But can we, like... Can we name this or no? And why not? Why would we not name this and name that? I mean, immediately when I hear, I mean, first dog, they get is this is white people and those black people. I mean, I don't know that that's the reason, but it makes me scratch my head. These are Trump supporters and these are not Trump supporters. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yes. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. But there's something that causes us to say, oh, yeah. Well, look at them. It's the same thing in, that I de- dealt with as a kid that my kids are dealing with when I come and ask my son, hey, can you know, tell me about this. And it, the first thing is, well, my brother, you know, <laughs> we're not talking about your brother. Well, it, you know, it, it diminishes, it lessens the effect of my wrongdoing. My yeah. wrongdoing can't be as bad. I mean, if, you know, if I'm going to put myself up there. If somebody doesn't like, I'm just going to say, well, let me tell you about Matt Russell. <laughs> you want to know are a guy with real problems, and that's going to make that. I mean, and, and that's going to make me look a lot better. You, do, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have to deal with. I don't have that's, to deal. That's why I'm here because I'm making you why, look better just out of my own junk that I can't get straight. Yeah, right. that's why. That's I why. It. That's why I brought you on staff because it wasn't working with Joseph. Joseph Clam is just too clean. You I know, know? he's, he's, like, a, I he's an amazing guy. You got to bring some I need, guy. Who can't I needed. I needed another pastor with baggage. <laughs> 
Look at that lot of baggage. That was the part of the job description requirement. It said looking for a pastor who can who engage in the community oh, and has lots one. of baggage. We know one. <laughs> and there were a lot of people around the room go, oh yeah, oh, Matt yeah. Russell. Matt Russell, do you know Matt? <laughs> I, I think no, you're right. You're though. an angel. Matt the, uh, <laughs> the the inability for me to look at myself really is um, an entrenched pattern that leads to my own um, um, my lack of freedom, my own inability to connect with God's presence, and I think that's why part of the first step of any movement towards God is is a step towards reality where I surrender. Mm-hmm. That's always a step of saying, oh. I have things in my hands that are not going to be useful in my moving forward in life. Hmm. It may be judgments. It may be characteristics. It may be the way I hold personal things. I have to look at those things, take inventory, and surrender. Hmm. Um, and I always think that, that that's the movement towards liberty, towards God's freedom, I think. Yeah. All right. Well, last thing, I'll ask you a question. Okay. So we're talking about truth. And I'm talking, and I'm thinking, of course, the church, the church to live and exist in the world we live in and to be an influence in the world that we live in. How do we, how do we engage in this dilemma of truth? Mm. You know, I mean, how do we engage in that? Yeah. You know, I, that's a question that I have. You know, what, what is it? I think that we stay focused on, you know, our primary mission and calling, but, you know, there are things that are happening in the world that um, I just I just wonder. I think I think a lot of people in the world look at the church and say, where is your voice on a lot of things? Yeah. And what do you have to speak? I think for so long we have not spoken into things we probably should have. And we've spoken, spoken into, into things, things that we had no business speaking into. That's right. And so now people don't know what to make of the prophetic yeah. voice. You know the thing about prophetic voice I learned that if you are a church that only speaks speaks prophetically to one side and not the other, you're not prophetic, you're partisan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the prophets are always um, always calling the entire nation to a different way of being in the world, not just a couple tribes, right? Mm-hmm. So when God shows up, when Yahweh shows up in the in in, in the voice of Isaiah. It is woe to. <laughs> it's all of y'all. It's all y'all <laughs> in that sense that um, that has the opportunity to take inventory because we're here not because there's certain tribes of people that have done certain things. We're here because of our own you know, human construct and, and way of being that can um, that can do it differently. Yeah, you know that that can live in God's freedom in a different way. All right. Well, tomorrow is the inauguration. Um, and this will have dropped after the inauguration, yeah, right? this will be on Thursday. Oh, yesterday, yesterday. was the inauguration. <laughs> We're coming to you from a bunker. Yeah, I, don't so, know, I don't know if we should even talk so, about yesterday because like, who knows what's going to happen. No, I, we might be like, I'm, hey, it was great. So like, as you're listening uh, to this, if you can hear this, no idea Radio Freedom on, on uh, frequency 849. So I am very hopeful. It's Red Dawn. That's her. Will not be any Wolverines. any problems. You went straight to Red Dawn. I did. Do you remember? Did you ever, you watch Red? No, Dawn. I knew that. So the Soviet Union was always the bad guy. Yeah. in the movies, in the good old days, back in the good old days, back in the good old days. And now our children go, Dad, 
what was the Soviet Union? Right. My son asked me today, so you lived during the Cold War? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, son, I did. It wasn't that cold. I was in Dallas and it was pretty hot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so I I pray in that um, that everything will be peaceful. Yeah, I, I think I think one of the things that whatever the the shift and the change is that um, our call as a church is still to uh, remain faithful to a, another kingdom, another way of doing, another way of loving. And so, um, like you have said before on this podcast, John, that um, administration and leaders will come and go. The call of the gospel is to continue to call people towards um, a different way of relating together. Um, and why policy change can um, help with that, it cannot do the deeper uh, work of what it means to be human together. And we have to do that in small batch ways in our community. That's why I love being a part of this community, because we're attempting to do that the best way we can. And, and the only way that we're going to be able to be successful in that is when Christians start behaving and acting like yeah. Christians. Right. And modeling the ways of Jesus. Yes. And not being driven by uh, other loyalties and ideologies and loves, which we say are not higher than Jesus in our lives, but we don't live in such a way that proves that. Yeah. Well, I'm John Stevens. And I'm Matt Russell. And this is Pod Have Mercy. (laughs) 